Hi friends. A 45-year-old woman presents to her GP with hot flushes, night sweats and headaches. Physical exam is remarkable only for a blood pressure of 162 over 82. Perimenopause was the suspected diagnosis and investigations were ordered. These were notable only for a mild hypokalemia. While further investigations for suspected primary hyperaldosteronism were pending, the patients started doing their own research. A cause of high blood pressure and low potassium jumped out at them. They discovered that licorice could cause high blood pressure. The patient had been drinking up to six cups of licorice tea a day for the past year in an effort to reduce their caffeine consumption. They stopped their licorice consumption and the blood pressure and potassium levels returned to normal. This real case was described by Emily Alcock and James Cowdery in BMJ Case Reports in 2015. Licorice consumption can be a sneaky cause of high blood pressure. Doctors often don't think to ask about it and patients may not think that it's relevant to mention. But how does licorice lead to a high blood pressure? I'm Jake Leonard and this is Medium Yield. This episode is recorded on Nunnawal Country. This episode does not contain any medical advice. If you have a medical concern, seek your own medical attention. Let's get into it. Glycorrhiza glabra is a herbaceous flowering plant growing to one metre tall and native to Western Asia, North Africa and Southern Europe. The word licorice is derived from glycorrhiza. Glycorrhiza is from the Greek for sweet root, and the sweet root of this plant has been used for centuries to flavour tobacco, foods, confectionery and teas, as well as for medicinal purposes. The root contains many chemicals, but the main chemical that gives licorice its distinctive flavour is glycorrhizic acid, which exists in variable concentrations in the dried root, up to about 25%. Glycorrhizic acid is also the ingredient that can cause high blood pressure. So, how does it do this? Well, it requires getting through a bit of dense biochemistry, but bear with me for a minute and nine seconds and I'll summarise after that. First, some background. Cortisol is a stress hormone produced by the adrenal glands. It has many roles, which include sodium and potassium balance at the kidneys. The active chemical cortisol is converted to the inactive cortisone by the enzyme 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase 2. When somebody chronically consumes a large amount of licorice, Glycorrhizic acid is converted to glycorrhytinic acid by intestinal bacteria. Glycorrhytinic acid inhibits the 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase 2 enzyme, which leads to less conversion of cortisol and therefore a higher concentration of cortisol at renal mineralocorticoid receptors. This leads to increased sodium resorption and increased potassium excretion. And the sodium resorption leads to a higher concentration of sodium in the blood, which then leads to hypertension. Technically then, glycorrhizic acid doesn't just cause hypertension, it causes pseudo-hyperaldosteronism. A patient with this condition might have high blood pressure and low potassium. Levels of renin and aldosterone would be suppressed, and they would have a decreased ratio of urinary cortisone to cortisol. That's the dense biochemistry done. In summary, glycorrhizic acid reduces the body's excretion of salt, which then causes blood pressure to go up. Another quick case illustrates some of this. Ravi Varma and Callum Ross report in the Journal of the Royal Society for Medicine the case of a 70-year-old woman who presented to a hospital medical unit with a systolic blood pressure of 200. Her potassium was low at 2.4. She had no relevant family history or medications that might explain this. 
She was managed acutely with supplementation of potassium and spironolactone. Blood work later showed suppressed renin and aldosterone. At later follow-up, her renin and aldosterone had returned to normal, and it was discovered that the patient had been drinking six tea bags a day of licorice tea for a year, stopping shortly before her initial admission. Her blood pressure and other markers eventually returned to normal, and the patient was advised to not resume her licorice tea habit. You may have noticed that in both these cases, it was licorice tea that was the culprit. Just how much licorice do you need to consume before it becomes a problem? I couldn't find an Australian guideline, but European guidelines suggest an upper limit of 100 milligrams a day. And in the UK, products with more than 50 milligrams of glycorrhizic acid require a warning label. Some licorice teas contain 100 milligrams of glycorrhizic acid, so consuming multiple bags a day for a long period can certainly cause effects. High consumption of licorice confectionery could plausibly cause a similar effect, but many licorice-flavoured lollies, like black jelly beans, are strongly co-flavoured with aniseed, so the amount of glycorrhizic acid is relatively low. How is licorice-induced pseudo-hyperaldosteronism treated? Well, as in the cases described above, the initial treatment involves cessation of the consumption of licorice and supportive therapies like correction and monitoring of electrolyte abnormalities. The activity of 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase 2 recovers after a couple of weeks, and levels of renin and aldosterone return to normal after a few months. Much of the detail for this episode was taken from the two case studies mentioned, and other sources are referenced in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening after a long break between episodes. I've had some big personal changes, so my spare time is a bit limited. I make no promises as to how frequently I may get episodes out, but I really enjoy putting them together. I have a couple of episodes in the works, and I hope you'll join me for those once they come out. See ya! See ya!